Nicholas Perez. I am Nick Perez, and we are the Box Box Brothers Podcast. Nicholas, we have a great show for everyone today. We will be talking about the Monaco Grand Prix, and then we are going to get into a little Who Wants to Be a Millionaire Monaco edition. But before we are, before we get into all of that, I have to ask, how has your week been? I know you finally got the gift that I sent you from Etsy. Yeah, so finally got my my shirt. It's a Sergio Perez shirt. Here it is. It's in all of its glory. By him holding the 2021 Baku. It's Baku trophy. Yeah. It's a really cool racing shirt. Yeah, it is. So that's pretty cool. And then also with me today i have out my esteban ocon icon card ah, from SD bestie yeah for for a very particular reason that we'll get into yeah uh let's like do you want to let's start with esteban this weekend and the alpines just in general they really capitalized it wasn't the french grand prix but we don't have the french grand prix this year so they we don't just looked at you just looked at me or yeah i thought it got got extra oh i i forgot my my fault and are they quick a quick google google save me um you talk i genuinely forgot (laughs) well yeah i mean especially with espan ocon being him the french driver it's the closest thing he'll get all year so i mean it's kind of like a home grand prix but not at the same time yeah yeah so they they are commandeering the monaco grand prix because that's the that did get axed this year because they go to Canada, which in Montreal, they do speak French. So there'll be some home crowds there. <laughs> Sorry about my voice. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was, <coughs> the French Grand Prix did get canceled. That it did. So you this okay was, there? <laughs> no, I'm not. So this was essentially their <clears throat> home Grand Prix for this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they capitalized on it. They looked really good, especially after their CEO, which I found kind of odd to call out the entire team and say they are, were underperforming, even though it's only been the second year since the rebrand. And now you have two new drivers in the system. And also, I feel like F1 team is like, it's hard to win and hard to do good. So I definitely found it strange that she already said something, especially this early. Mm-hmm. And it was just a strange thing to say because, I mean, a lot of times you don't hear CEOs unless it's the dark, dark stroll yeah, saying and, stuff about it. Yeah. And you're there to build up everyone, not tear them down. And maybe it's that hard love that she was trying to implement, but mm-hmm. they did bounce it, back. And yep. they took home a good amount of points. So with the lack of overtaking that Monaco typically presents, Esteban did extremely well in qualifying after kind of hitting the wall all day in the P- or FP3 sessions. He kept it clean for qualifying and then kind of just hung in that same position all of race. No doubt. And he drove an incredible lap. Like... Mm-hmm. 
everything that he could do was there and all the top people were within a hundredth of a second of each other yeah which is just insane to think about yeah how perfect you had to be to take pole mm-hmm. there was a moment that i did think that he could have taken pole because he was on provisional and then alonzo came through and took provisional pole from him and then max after setting only two green sectors had a insane third sector of the monaco grand prix uh track and was able to catch up those two tenths and put it on pole for i believe that's his first pole at monaco correct I'm not sure, but I know for certain it was a just incredible third sector mm-hmm. because he was nowhere close to it in the second sector. Like he was going to be slower time wise. And then he just came out of nowhere. It was just it was incredible to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, it was not enough to get driver of the day, which Esteban did get, even though I did not have him as my driver of the day. I had Max just because of how tactical he was and how well he did drive granted he was at the front and was able to be in clean air most of the race until he was going through traffic but he was still having to outpace alonzo who had hards so he wasn't having to worry about degradation as much with his tires and was able to play the long game especially as that rain came in at the mm-hmm. lap, I want to say 56 is when I have written down that the rain came in. Oh, rain 51 to be exact. Yeah, it was just it was mayhem once that rain set in. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like like seven things happened every single lap. And especially I know Fernando Alonso definitely was mad during his debrief coming back and Mm -hmm. probably found that person who said, we should go into slicks. Well, (laughs) there was a moment that I was thinking because of whenever you get rain in a race and there wasn't a whole lot of rain, but it made the track greasy enough that you needed to go to enters. Mm -hmm. If, the rain had just done that and then cleared up within a few seconds. Alonzo's decision to pit and go for slicks wasn't a bad gamble, especially he was 21 seconds behind Max when it happened. And Mm -hmm. with that differential in time between pit stops, he, there was nothing really to lose. So he wasn't going to, lose second place because he was so far ahead of Esteban when that happened. He had a chance to go to first because the slick tires just have much better traction on a dry track than inners. Mm -hmm. So he had a chance to get up ahead of Max that way, or he could have done what Max did, gone to inters and still probably been beaten by that red bull with their with how fast that they are so the only way that they could or the best chance that they had to win was to make a gamble go for slicks and then hope that it did dry up it just didn't end up drying up so i don't think that alonzo's call was bad is what i'm trying to say it wasn't yeah i mean when you're in a position and you're racing for the win, you just you have to make gambles like that. And sometimes they won't always pay off. So I mean it's just it's a very interesting moment. And if you get it right, then you're praised. If you get it wrong, then mm-hmm. 
it just doesn't it doesn't yeah. work out. Yeah, I mean it's hindsight's twenty twenty, and this happens in all of sports, regardless of what is a good pick statistically or is not a good pick statistically. You will be judged off of the outcomes, which isn't necessarily the most optimal way to go over the course of the entire season. Yeah. Speaking of chaos in the rain, what happened to George Russell and what happened to a ton of drivers, drivers oh, throughout turn one? Just <laughs> around the around the hairpin or no? No, I'm saying turn one, just using the war- warning track or the runoff oh, track and just yeah. them. <laughs> Once the track got greasy, they did not know how to handle the cars. But even on like turn one of lap one, when it was dry, Mm-hmm. The size of those <clears throat> the race cars on there going through that hairpin on that downhill mm-hmm. section, they just looked like they were massive for the road. Like they took up the entire width of the road <laughs> and no one could get by. And it just looked like a, a log jam at the Disneyland. A hundred percent. And like one thing about like how big the cars are, that hairpin looked so challenging to drive in the wet yeah in the wet i mean you saw sergio going back to george real quick just take out george russell that was george russell's fault on the on the that wasn't that wasn't on the hairpin that was on the that was that was george russell returning to the track and he Uh, didn't yes yes okay that's when he went off into the safety you are right but I don't know what George Russell was supposed to do because it was, you know, I mean, you can't really do that much in a Hans device. Mm-hmm. You can only really rely on your mirrors. And so. Yeah, he was kind of shit out what... of luck. I was worried about Yuki when he went down the same <laughs> the same uh, runoff road that he was going to enter unsafely as well. Yeah. But the penalty so... didn't end up hurting George at the end of the day. Even though he had a five second penalty for that thing, he was what nine to eleven seconds ahead of Leclerc and behind him. Yeah. So the only thing that would have screwed him up would have been a red flag. That would have bunched everyone up and had them racing well within the five second time frame. Yeah. So that was just interesting. Do you did you hear George's radio message on the penalty or the? The five second on, or uh, him trying to overpass Hamilton on him trying to sneak Hamilton. Oh, yes. So that was, was a, that was was a cheeky, cheeky little move. Yeah. So for people, just a little reminder, Russell had caught up to Hamilton and Hamilton was chasing down Esteban Alcon near the end of the race. And Esteban or Hamilton couldn't was struggling to overtake Esteban on the enters and Russell had kind of a better pace. I think he was pushing a little bit more because he was catching Hamilton and he came over the radio to his race engineer and was like, Hey, um, I know I have the five second penalty, but can me and Russell or me and Lewis switch spots right now? And I can uh, try to go catch Esteban. You you don't have to. And I understand if we don't, but uh, I, I think I have a chance to maximize our points. And then I won't, I promise not to get five seconds ahead. So if I do have that five second penalty, Lewis can take back that spot. That was just, it was just a weird thing to just pop over the radio and say, I, like, I think <laughs> he was trying to play the game to 
play that political game to his favor. I mean, it wasn't, <laughs> it was the most polite way to ask, Hey, can I overtake my, my teammate? Yeah. I don't really know sometimes. Yeah. Would you do that if we were, if we were racing on the same team? Head message our race engineer, we'll say it's Matt in this case, and go, Hey, Matt, tell Ben to let me buy and I'll try to chase him down. Because it didn't really matter at the end because Hamilton ended up pulling away from Russell. So I don't know if Russell was just measuring, like taking care of his tires or what was going on, but he, struggled to keep pace after that that radio message and i don't have access to all the radio messages so i don't know what he was talking about but did you see that too the timing sheets on the left side uh no but i know he did like zoom off after Mm -hmm. so yeah so that that was an interesting moment and then i have um yeah, George gets nailed with a penalty. Oh, I was I guess I should have brought this up when we were talking about Esteban. But those Alpines love to just park their cars in front of Lewis Hamilton in Monaco. Mm-hmm. Alonso did it last year, Esteban did it this year. Um Yuki struggling with his brake system. I don't know what's going on with Alphatari. That was that was one of the most comical moments. Of the yeah. whole race. When he uh, I, know you can, his... I know you can underbrake a little bit more in turn five. Do you want me to wreck the car? Yeah, are you trying to crash me? <laughs> so, yeah. Which was uh, such a sassy, sassy comment. But after <clears throat> the Yuki was riding in the points for a long time, and then once his brakes went, I think Norris, Piastri, K-Mag, and Hulkenberg all just passed him on with five, like with four overtakes back to back. So, it was a little bit disappointing, especially since Yuki was riding in the points and Nick DeVries had his best qualifying session of the year mm-hmm. at leg seven, but they just don't seem to have their stuff together and, and it's, it's just, just falling apart. They just don't look as a cohesive team this year. No, they don't. Like, Do you think that will ha- will change when the Ferrari dude takes over as the team principal there? I honestly don't know. It may, and we may get a better team, and we may get a whole new outfit, but it may just be the AlphaTauri, like, sister, like, little brother mentality that happens down there. So I know especially, like, if you're predicted to be a double-A team, mm-hmm. you may fill out to be that, what yeah. you're predicted to be. Yeah, mindset and everything. It's the... No, nocebo effect so if you tell someone that they can't do something or achieve something then they won't but if you say that it's possible they might mm-hmm. and that's just it's just little things like that and alphatar just hasn't looked competitive in a couple mm-hmm. of years yeah i mean ever since what gasly pierre. yeah pierre was, in. yeah pierre's first year back and then prior to that when it was toro rosso yeah, but overall, I think this race was it was very suspenseful. Mm-hmm. I will say that, and maybe this is why there should be three tire changes 
and that proposal could go in because the more pit stops you have, the more chance for strategy instead of just having to do two compounds, having to do three might be more exciting because the biggest question mark of this race was the rain and they had clouds coming over the mountains and everyone's radar was like, Oh, in around like with 10 minutes left in the race, we're going to have to pit for enters or uh, go to full wets. And that possibility kept me on the edge of my seat. And it made the race decision between even for whether Max and Alonzo were going to pick for new slicks that much more exciting because you were like, is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? And I stayed engaged. I did fall asleep on my couch while watching it because it was coming on at <laughs> close to midnight and I, I struggled to stay up that late and watch it. So I had to rewatch the last like 20 laps of the race in the morning, but it was a very suspenseful and engaging race because of that. Yeah. Or we can just install sprinklers in Monaco and they just go off randomly in random yeah. intervals. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a fun, <laughs> just a Schrodinger's cat equation. 50% of the time, the sprinklers sprinklers will go on and 50% mm-hmm. of the time, 50% of the time they'll stay off. We'll get some radioactive decay and then it can flip a switch for us. I like the idea. Yeah. So after everything was said and done, Max did take first place with Alonzo coming in second and Esteban in third. It was a very good weekend race for Alpine. Red Bull for the win. Sergio didn't have a great race after his qualifying woes and crashing out in Q1, which kind of set him back all race. And then um, Mercedes had a good points haul with coming home at fourth and fifth. Which you, you, have you seen the new updated team brackets and what is looking like right now on the standings? No. What's the lay it on me? So basically Aston Martin is in jeopardy of losing their spot. Yeah. Cause if Lance, Stroll, if Stroll Lance, hasn't been, Stroll hasn't been yeah. contributing at all. If Lance Stroll does not pick up the pace, they will be outpaced by um, Mercedes. And Mercedes are actually having a really good push this year, and I know it's still early, but right now Fernando Alonso has 93 and Lance Stroll is 27, and then which they have a, they have a total of 120, and Mercedes has 119 at the current moment, okay. but. Lewis Hamilton has 69 points and George Russell nice. has 50 points. So Aston Martin is just on the back of Fernando Alonso. And the fact that Fernando Alonso is still able to race this good, mm-hmm. at, even though I know he's not like that old, he's still pretty old. He's old for racing, like Formula One racing times. Cause you'll see old people in say Le Mans or IndyCar or NASCAR, but for Formula One, it is quite past your prime, typically. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, to still be kicking and to still be doing well as he is, it's yeah. just, it's crazy. I am a concern for Stroll, because if he doesn't pick it up, I know his dad owns the team, but if Lance, or not Lance, Big Daddy Stroll, Lawrence Stroll, dream is to get a constructor's championship and even a driver's championship 
I think he has to realize that his son, while a good driver, is not on the level of Max Verstappen, Alonso, or Lewis Hamilton. You know what would be crazy? An absolute crazy turn of events. Imagine in a couple of years, Red Bull is still going down, or not a couple of years, say like next year, mm-hmm. Red Bull just has a complete horrible year, or after the new engine regulations right, come yeah, out, 2026. They, just a, Sweet. they just come up a complete horrible year, no pace in the car. Max Verstappen goes to Aston Martin. Yeah. <laughs> they still have Fernando Alonso. <laughs> And so we get a Max Verstappen Fernando Alonso team pairing. That'd be cool. I'm down for it. I could see, honestly, I could see Aston trying to poach Max if they could. But realist, more realistically, I think they could have a chance of going after Leclerc. And yeah, I see that too. Giving giving that seat stroll seat to Leclerc. What are your thoughts about them trying to poach Hamilton? Do you think they could do that? I don't think so, because I think just in general, Mercedes is a better run organization, and they have more upside than Ferrari. And I think if Hamilton is serious about having his eighth world title, then he has a better shot at getting that eighth world title with Mercedes, similar to how Red Bull, after all of the regulations were able to knock Mercedes off the podium in 2021. I think Mercedes would be the one of the two teams beside or the other team beside Aston Martin that I could see taking a world championship. So I think he would have a better shot at defend or taking that eight title, getting that eighth title with Mercedes rather than Ferrari. And as yeah, much as and- the like brand Thing, I think he cares more about legacy than driving for the red. Did you see what uh, the conspiracy theories were about uh, Vettel being in uh, Monaco? No, I didn't. What were the conspiracies? So they were saying that Sebastian Vettel was there to tell that he heard the rumors. Or the, yeah. there was multiple conspiracy theories, but the one I liked the most was Vettel being there to warn Hamilton of, to not go to Ferrari. Yeah, I mean, I I assume that they're they're friends and that they talk to each other now. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if let's put on our foil hats and they he did warn Hamilton, but Hamilton might also be using this as leverage as well to get a better contract with Mercedes. Yeah, that is true. So, so there's, there's many different things that can happen from that. Cause who as Ferrari, if Leclerc leaves to go to Aston Martin in my headspace, cause I think that's where he would end up. Mm-hmm. Who does Ferrari bring in as their number one driver? Uh, Arthur Leclerc. <laughs> they just bring in his little brother. Mm-hmm. All right, but re- I do you think that they would do that? He's driving in Formula Two right now, correct? Yeah, he is, and he's doing pretty well. I just think that they would try to go after a big name, but, but I who, who would be up for a move? Lando. That's the only person that I could 
realistically see right now as I go down the grid. You could take Albon, but I don't could work. But I think Lando Norris would be at the top of my list. And that's a, a step up from McLaren. Because then you get at least three years in the Ferrari. And then by 2026, when Audi comes in, he has another chance to move teams. Yeah. The only thing with Lando Norris is that Oster Piastri looks like an axe, drives like a mini him. Mm -hmm. So, So, I mean, but you have, I think Lando still has more experience in F1. So he's less of a time to get going. And Oscar is probably still going to need another year or two to fully come into his own. A hundred percent. And I mean, I just see there's a lot of potential in him. Now, the thing I am wondering about Mm -hmm. is where does Daniel Ricardo come into the play in this? I how does he come up and muck up the driver's market? I think the only way that he's getting in is at a lower tier team. So if Haas wanted to move away from K-Mag or Valtteri or he could go to Alfa Romeo and take Juan Zhou spot because but he was Joe... already offered the Haas spot. So I don't think he would go there. But he needs somewhere to show that he's still racing unless he goes to a different league and a different motorsport in general and different championship to show that he still has his driving ability. Because that's what Alonzo did. He still raced at Le Mans. He did a little NASCAR. He did a little IndyCar during his time. So he wasn't away from racing. And I know Daniel is in the as in as their reserve driver and show driver but the farther that he is removed from formula one i'm not saying that he's not as good of a driver but the harder it is for him to get a spot so if he goes down to haas and shows that he still has speed then that would open more opportunities for him at ferrari or red bull or a bigger team yeah imagine he just um he just does amazing when he takes his like free practice session. Yeah. Or say like Max gets food poisoning and he mm-hmm. can't race for a weekend. Imagine Daniel Ricardo back in a Red Bull for a full race weekend. What do you think he could do with that? I think he would probably be on Sergio's level. So if they had come back, maybe a little less than Sergio, but I think he would be able to put it at least in the top two rows after taking all this time off. That's realistically where I think that he's at. Yeah. And so it's just interesting to see what would happen and what could happen with Daniel Ricardo. Yeah. So we're leg seven. We probably have another five races before we get into the summer break and we we'll have much more information on where everyone's going to go. Cause I think there, like there is most years, there's a surprise retirement or a surprise move that catches everyone off guard. And then it shuffles up the entire lineup. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So until that happens, let's keep that in the back of our minds and just see what's going on. Anything else before we hop into who wants to be a millionaire? Do not. Cool. 
You're so not. Let's get into that next. So, Nick, let's play Who Wants to Be a Millionaire Monaco Grand Prix Edition. So I have nine questions ranging from $100 building your way up to a million dollars, and you will have three lifelines. All of these questions are related to the Monaco Grand Prix, and if you want a 50-50, it will eliminate two of the answers. If you want to phone a friend, I am your friend. And we'll even give you a hint, even though I wrote these questions and know the answers. So we might have to figure this out for next time. And then we have pulled the audience, which is me again. And I will give you percentages on every, should, every, should answer. I come bring in dad? You, you can. Um, so they'll start out easier with the lower dollar questions and then build up in difficulty sound good i have one question before i start yeah what's up do i actually get the money all the points are made up and they don't really matter but (laughs) if you do get a million if you do get up to a million dollars we'll figure out a prize okay all right all right so nick are you ready to play do you ready to be a millionaire Question one. What is the primary language spoken in Monaco? Is it A, German, B, English, C, French, or D, Spanish for $100? Um. Oh, my. Um. So... I'm just gonna I'm gonna assume this because even though I know it's in France, a lot of F1 drivers live there, and I know some of them can barely speak English. So I'm gonna say English. Are you sure? Are you going to lock in <laughs> English? Or do you? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna change my answer to France. French. Is that your final answer? Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Yes, you are correct. <laughs> French is the primary language spoken. Did not see... I did not actually look up their official language for this question, but it is right off of France, and I'm just going to assume that a lot of them speak French. Wait, so, can I can I, can I? I look this one up real quick? Yeah, yeah. Look it up later. I'm giving you the $100, though. All right. So for $1,000, Nick, bumping up bumping up to a thousand what race is not a part of the triple crown is it a monaco b the indy 500 c le mans the 24 hour at le mans or d the daytona 500 talk talk through what you're thinking right now which is not a part of the of the motorsports triple crown. Well, I know it's um, I know the triple crown. It's the Indy 500 in Monaco, so I know those are the two. But I don't think it's um, 
what's it called? I don't think it's um, the Daytona 500 because it's just not prestige enough to be part of the triple crown. All right. So they, you also have lifelines, uh, 50, 50, phone a friend, pull an audience, or do you want to lock in Daytona 500? No, I want to lock in, uh, Lamar. which is, which is no, which is not a part of the triple crown. Oh, I want to lock in the Daytona 500. All right. Final answer. Yes. You are correct. The Daytona 500 is not a part of the the Motorsports Triple Crown. Good job. You've won $1,000 now. Let's go. Moving, <laughs> moving up to $5,000, Nick. Who set pole this year in Monaco? Was it A, Max Verstappen, B, Fernando Alonso, C, Esteban Alcon, or D, Carlos this, Sainz? This is the $5,000 question. Yeah. <laughs> it's Max Verstappen. Final answer? Yep. Yes, you are correct with $5,000 in your bank. All right. Along the same lines, I know you watched this. For $10,000, Nicholas, who was the who was the first car to retire in the 2023 Monaco Grand Prix? Was it A, Logan Sargent's, B, Lance Stroll, C, Kevin Magnuson or D Yuki Tsunoda. Let's say E. E. B. B. Lance Stroll. Yes. Final answer. Yes. All right. You are correct. It was Lance Stroll. He had a sad walk back to the, the pit row after it started to rain. But Lance Stroll was the first to retire. K-Mag was the second. And then Logan Sargent and Yuki just did not race well. So good job getting $10,000 into your bank. Are you ready for Let's the 25 go. grand question, Nick? Hit me. All right. So for $25,000, who was the last non Red Bull driver to win the Monaco Grand Prix? Was it A, Sebastian Vettel, B, Valtteri Bottas, C, Lewis Hamilton, or D, Nico Rosberg? It's Hamilton. You have all three of your things, all three of your lifelines left. Are you going to stick with Lewis Hamilton? Give me a 50-50. All right. With two people left, we have Valtteri Bottas or Lewis Hamilton. Oh, it's Lewis Hamilton. And Nico Rosberg have been eliminated. Final answer? It's Lewis Hamilton. You are correct. In 2019 was the last race a non-Red Bull driver one before that it was 2017 with Sebastian Vettel and he was driving for a Ferrari at the time so you have now 25 grand in your pocket Nick good on you alright these questions will get harder so we have 50 grand Nick are you ready to play for 50 grand or do you want to walk away with your money now I'm ready to play alright so for 
$50,000 out of the last six races, including the one that we had the other day. How many have Red Bull won? Is it A, five? Is it B, three? Is it C, two? Or is it D, four? All right, hold on. How yeah. uh, Six years, how far are we going back? So it'd be 2023, 2022, 2021, 2020, 19, and 18. So I know Daniel Ricardo won in 18. I know Lewis Hamilton won in 19. 2020, since that was, it was a Red Bull. Um, I know the next, so 2020... 2021, 2022, 2023. Because it went... Wait, what were my options again? Sorry, 2020 is not one because it was canceled during COVID. Oh. It is 2023, 2022, 2021, 2019, 2018, and 2017. So, yeah, it'd be four. Yeah, can you name those four? I think you already did. Yeah, so it's Danny Ricardo in 2018, 2020 would be Max Verstappen, 2022 is Sergio Perez, and 2023 is Max Verstappen. Is that your final answer? Yes. Uh, you are correct with four, and it was 2021 Max one because 2020 was canceled. So good on you. Oh. You're up to 50 grand, Nick. Are you Ooh. ready to play for 100,000? Yes, I am. So going back to the origins of the Monaco Grand Prix, when was the first race won? Was it? 1919, 1935, or 1939? So the first running of the Monaco Grand Prix. 1939. Are you sure you don't want to phone a friend or actually no, you used your 50-50. Are you sure you don't want to phone a friend or pull the audience? Fine, let me let me pull the audience. Alright, so let's pull our audience here today. Everyone press in your buttons. Alright. The audience has spoken, Nick. So with 1919, people have 2%. With 1929, people have 65% of the vote. With 1939, they have 25% of the vote. And 1935 has the remaining like 20, 19%. So Nick, I will ask you again. When was the first running of the Monaco Grand Prix? 1919. 1929, 1935, or 1939. I will trust the audience on this one. And go B. Final answer? Yes. You are 
Correct. It was 1929, the first running of the Monaco Grand Prix. So 1919, they had run it 10 times before the 1939 Monaco Grand Prix. So you are still alive, Nick. You have one lifeline, which is phone a friend, which is me in this case, (laughs) and two questions. So I do have to ask, do you want to continue with the $500,000 question? Or walk away with a hundred grand. You know, I walked in here with zero dollars today. I'm perfectly fine leaving with zero dollars today. All Hit right. me with the questions. All right. So for half a million, the eighth question on this list: Which driver has the most wins in Monaco? Is it a Michael Schumacher? B Lewis Hamilton. C Anton Senna or D Fernando Alonso? I actually know this one. Oh, you do? Talk us through. And he has the most consecutive wins, too. And he's one of the greatest racing drivers of all time. It's Ayrton Senna. Are you sure you don't want to go with Mick Schumacher? He is the best. And Lewis Hamilton, they both have seven championships. Final answer. Alonzo Alonzo has been around for the longest time. Final answer. You are locking in Anton Senna. Yes. You are correct. Anton Senna has, like you said, the most consecutive race wins and the most race wins at Monaco. For an extra 100,000, Nick, can you, this is just a bonus question. Can you tell me how many race wins he does have? In Monaco? In Monaco. Six. He does have six races. Good job. All right. So you have one person left or one question left, Nick. You have 500 or 600 grand in your bank. Do you want to risk it all and go for the million dollar question? Like I said before, I walked in here with zero dollars today. I'm perfectly fine leaving with zero dollars today. All right. So for this final question, you can call up, we'll say anyone. If you want to get dad in the in the call, or if you want to call someone else, feel free to. Um, and we can edit this out. But for a million dollars, Nick, your final question is: Which constructor has the most race wins? Is it A. McLaren, B. Mercedes, C. Williams? Or D Ferrari. We have four legendary teams. Well, up I know this. the answer. Oh, I, I, I know the answer. Did but I kind of want to play into the. No, 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 no. I didn't Wikipedia. I just, I just kind of want to play into the theatrics. So right, I'm who, a, I'm, who I'm, are you I'm, calling? I'm gonna go get Dad. Okay. Bring him in here. You All right, Dad. We are playing Who Wants to Be a Millionaire Monaco Grand Prix. Nick is answering the million dollar question right now. He's already used his 50-50 and the pull the audience. He used his final lifeline to phone a friend and he decided to call you. The question is... No, no. No phones. The question was which constructor in Formula 1 has the most race wins in Monaco? Is it A, Ferrari, B, Mercedes, C, 
McLaren or D Williams. It was Hamilton. Yeah, that that wasn't even the question. Which constructor? Constructor. It's like a team. Oh. Yeah. So oh. which constructor in Formula One has won the most times in Monaco? Is it A Ferrari, B Mercedes, C McLaren, or D Williams Racing? This is for a thousand or a million dollars for Nick to win. What is your what is your guess? McLaren. Right, that is so what Nick, I was. You, that was what I was gonna say as well, because right. they won with Senna, they won with Hakkinen. Lock it in. All right, final answer. You know you can't. McLaren. You, you can't change it after this. McLaren. All right, you've phoned a friend, and the answer is Nick for a million dollars. McLaren. They have won it 15 times over the course of the running of Monaco Grand Prix. That was a good fun friend and good guess, Dad. Yeah, I know you probably just went with C because it's the most likely, but... I didn't even think about that. (laughs) I wouldn't change my answer. Okay. No, but good on you, Nick. You are now a millionaire from the Monaco Grand Prix. Woo! How does it feel to be a millionaire? How does it feel you know, to be a millionaire? You know, it feels great, honestly. You know, I mean, just sometimes you just got to put your head down and get to work. And, I mean, I've obviously been studying for this for years. But, you know, it's just it's just how, how the cookie crumbles, you know. You know, sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes you don't get lucky. You know, yeah, that's, that's all I got to say on the matter. You made it all the way to the top. So, congratulations. Anything else before we sign off for today, Nick? Not that I know of. Cool. Well, thank you for playing How or Do You Want to Be a Millionaire with me and coming on to record. I appreciate you. Yes. So thank you to all of our listeners and subscribers. I am currently looking for a new computer. So our media content, social media content should be bumping up over the next couple months and nick happy one year anniversary from starting this f1 podcast a hundred percent i love y'all so love you too love everyone thanks for listening and tuning in and we will continue to get better each time so with Mm -hmm. that nick i think it's time to box 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 retire the car the car Retire the car. Peace. Adios.